Welcome to For the Record, episode number 36. Hope everyone is doing well, and it's good to be back. It's good to finally be back. Um, been co- recording a lot of episodes um, that are going to be coming up. Some have already been booked. A lot of them have already been recorded. Um, just know that we've got episodes coming up with uh, Miss May I and For Today are a an, uh, couple of the names that I can give uh, that I can give out right now because one of those episodes is going to go up later this week, and we're going to be starting a new format um, for 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 one of our podcast episodes, um, and I'm gonna. Um, it'll make more sense on Friday when it officially comes out, but basically, I'm really, um, I get so many album reviews per week, and right now we're in the process of hiring writers, um, but for the time being, I am still checking out all the albums that we get for review, there's a lot of album reviews that we post, that I I haven't posted, I apologize, I misspoke, and... It's a lot of them are for uh, for unsigned bands that have reached out to us, and they're really and they're great records. But I think just because I've been doing so much traveling and so much with show photography and with the podcast and with things like that, that it's just it's been a lot harder to get writing up consistently. The same goes with show reviews. Any publicists listening to this, I sincerely apologize. I'm doing a shit ton of writing tonight, and anything that I've pretty much reviewed over the past month or so that is going to be going up within this next week i can 100 percent guarantee that to you um but one of the things that i did want to do though is because a lot of the record submissions we do get stuff from um a lot there's a lot of great records that have been sent over from like epitaph and from fearless and from um i guess some of the more established bands so those are always really cool to check out and they're still really important to review and to talk about um but there's also a number of bands that nobody's really heard of that reach out to us and i really like them so with the new writers coming on board we're going to be doing that and that's going to be awesome so we can start i'm going to start delegating more writers to start doing reviews for stuff and to give um uh just just some feedback to fans about what they should be checking out um um, that's, I guess, new and up and coming within the scene, whether it's from a bigger established band or from the garage band down the street, if that makes any sense. Um, but I absorb a ton of content every week and I love talking about it. So what we're going to do is once a week, any albums that get sent over to me for review, any films that I watch any maybe any television shows depending on like if i really binge a series and i get another person to binge a series with me and any books i read just even if it's just like a couple chapters of something that i've been working on that's longer term i want to talk about it um and i really want to discuss it because i love nerding out and geeking out about like movie facts and how things were recorded and things like that and i think it would be really cool to start doing episodes like that so first in this upcoming episode any albums that have been pitched to me for review not just sent over like here's new promo stuff anything that's been pitched that has not been written and that has not gone up that is going to go up on this episode i believe there was a band um that sent me something and i was supposed to get a review up and it never went up um even after having listened to it and having set aside time to write and do stuff, it is going to be recorded. Um, The review is going to be recorded, and we're going to talk about it like that. I'm going to talk with some of the bands and see if they'd be open to having little clips. I don't want to put the full song, um, but just um, little clips and a a link for where you can find their music. Um, I don't know. This is something I want to try. I think it might be really cool, um, and we'll see if it works out. And if it does, then hell yeah, we've got a new episode that can go up every week, even if we don't have a guest, which is going to be awesome. Um, so I'm very excited to share that. And of course, maybe we can get some guests, like whether they're bigger artists or just friends that I work with, to come on and talk about it and join me. And maybe, I don't know, I keep thinking about different ideas. Maybe I'll even, I'll put up a list of some of the records that have uh, maybe the records from last week and we can do like a roundtable discussion and you can listen along i don't know i mean there's a lot of ideas that that i have going through nothing's perfect nothing's set in stone but um i have an idea for what i want this at least the the foundation of it to be so that's going to premiere this friday um and the episode will go up and there you pretty much have it 
Um, and finally, I, uh, before I introduce the next ep- this next episode, I just wanted to do a quick little um, news announcement for any music fans that are um, heading out to any of the big summer tours this summer. There's one in particular, if you haven't heard it yet, and I'm saying this just because um, a lot of people I've talked to didn't hear this until I brought it up, even though it was posted everywhere. Um, if anybody bought tickets to see Slipknot and Marilyn Manson with the Mice and Men this summer... Um, the first two weeks of the tour, if you have tickets to any of those, has been postponed. I think they pushed those dates to August. I'm not entirely sure what the new dates are. They have not been officially announced yet. I feel like I read somewhere that something said they were going to be coming back in August. But those first two dates have been um, postponed. Corey Taylor, um, the lead vocalist for Slipknot, uh, poor guy, broke his neck and had to have um, um, emergency spinal surgery, um, as you do. Um, uh, but they're going to be starting the tour on, uh, June 28th in Nashville. They're going to follow the route of the tour as is with Manson, with the Mice and Men. It's going to go all the way through, and then they're just going to come back around and, um, I assume just play those postponed dates. Um, but Corey, please get well soon. Um, that sounds like it, that sounds like it was a bitch. I can't even imagine, um, how horrifying that must have been, how much that must have sucked, but... Uh, rest up, and we cannot wait to see you this summer on behalf of all Slipknot fans. Um, so this next episode of For the Record is with a band that I was super stoked um, to talk to. They were pitched to me um, by their publicity team, um, and the person that I talked to in the band is a huge podcast nerd, uh, much like myself. And so this was with a band called The Orphan the Poet. Um, they, they were amazing. They, they, it was so cool to talk to the band. Um, and I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I finally got a podcast to go to a little over an hour, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And you'll hear us, you'll hear us talk about all of this in the episode. We geek out a lot and talk about their new EP, which just came out. I know it says we were going to get the podcast up right before it came out. Um, I am so sorry, but um, it is up on the Monday after, so we're still pushing the shit out of it. Go pick it up. It's called Terrible Things. It's the new EP from The Orphan the Poet. Nerdist just did a premiere for one of their music videos um, for a track off of the record. Just definitely give these guys um, a bit of your time. They're so much fun um, to listen to and to talk to. They were a fucking pleasure. It was so great. Um and hopefully they'll be coming through on a tour um, in the near future. So without further ado, here's episode number 36 of For the Record with The Orphan the Poet. Enjoy! when I bought it and it's still not always not always perfect <laughs> I'm always curious about uh, like how people run their podcasts as far as like when there's call-ins like what the best audio quality is when people call in I don't know I'm always curious on that. how they run yeah. yeah so usually I'll run it with um, usually I'll actually run it with um, a uh, like a little mixing board setup that I have um but I was I was traveling for a little bit this weekend, so it wasn't. Um, I was able to bring it and I got it, but there wasn't. Um, not not all the pieces were working the way I kind of wanted them to, so I was just kind of like, you know, yeah. So I was like, you know, I'll just use the USB because it work. It does work better. It just it takes a minute for the computer to register that it's uh like a a driver, and I don't know. It's just weird. But, um, but it's all good, and I use that, and, um, 
if I do that, I'll either ring it through my computer or I'll use tape a call or something like that. And there you go. And I and I did see. Um, I just saw um, a couple minutes ago your um, Instagram post. So yes, I am very much ready for um, espresso field ramblings. Um, yes. So, um, so no worries there. Um, I completely understand. <laughs> um, for sure. I feel like uh, I think your sound's a little bit muffled. I can't uh, totally hear you. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I uh, I don't normally use that, so I'm gonna try to switch over to my just using my phone and let me know if it sounds better. Okay, cool. Okay. So, okay. Right, Does it sound any better? Oh yeah, that sounds way better. It sounds perfect. Okay, thank God. I'm not like used to using my headphones, but I just felt like that might be better. But uh, I like holding my phone more. So. No, you're good. You're totally good. Um, all right, so well, I guess the the first thing we can start off with this is let's talk about um, let's talk about terrible things. Um, just to okay. kind of kick things off, um, I, I guess the first thing first, that nah, excuse me, first things first is um, about how long in the making was this EP? Because um, I I heard the first song um, and it was uh, very good, um, but I was just um, I guess um, when did I guess when did the first kind of track or sound idea when did that um i guess when did that uh come together for the first time uh uh well uh i think the there's a song on ep called bombs away um and that was probably the first one that uh we started working on and to be honest that song went through like probably three or four different versions um and uh yeah, I think that was, that was the first one. And then I, I feel like around the time David uh, sent me a voice memo of the song Terrible Things, uh, it was just him playing it like on acoustic guitar and singing like the melody and kind of mumbling words, as most people do when they're first writing songs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he sent me that, and I think that's when we're like, okay, well, now we need to figure out how soon we can get this recorded and who we want to work with and... Um, uh, how fast we can get this out. And to be honest, that was a while ago. We, uh, I think, uh, in August, of, so August 2015, so whatever, however many months ago that was, uh, we got connected with this guy, uh, Machine, who's done, um, he did like Gym Class Heroes records and, uh, Cobra Starship records and Every Time I Die and Lamb of oh, God yeah. and, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of awesome bands. Uh, and he kind of like, we kind of like randomly got connected with him and he heard a couple of our demos and was excited about working with us, um, which is insane to our band because we're such like a small baby band. And to be honest, I don't think he's ever worked with a band our size. So it was like extremely like exciting and also flattering that he would want to take the time to work with us because it's not like we're like this big credit that he could get. Um, so he, uh, uh, he's down in Texas and, um, we kind of sent demos back and forth to him and he was like kind of giving us, I guess, like, I guess you'd call it like internet pre-production with him, um, of him just kind of like making suggestions on songs and like having us try different things, uh, just via the internet. And then, um, when it came time to like figure out scheduling and what we want to do, um, he was kind of crammed in his schedule. So we ended up renting a studio in Columbus tracking everything. We're from Ohio, so we were in a studio in Columbus, tracked yeah. everything there, and then uh, kind of sent him everything down to Texas, uh, down to Texas to him, for him to reamp and do all like the fun after stuff uh, there, which is a super exciting day because I remember sitting, like sitting on my couch at my house, kind of uh, him sending like, voice memo like text of like guitar tones and like guitar sounds and it was just like me sitting on my couch and every 10 minutes getting like a new like weird pedal effect that he wanted to try on the lead and me saying yes or if try this or try that i don't know it was a cool it was a really cool and interesting way to go about things but isn't isn't that isn't that crazy how we're able to do that now and only like about five years ago we could that was like completely unthinkable we could have never been able to do something like that and even 
even if it was like five years ago, it would have been the very maybe the very early stages of something like that in a technological advance. So it would have taken like a day to send a file. Um, oh in yeah, that sense. So that's just so insane. You can do that now. I think about that all the time. Like uh, we've toured with some bands that uh, are a little older and have been doing it for a little longer. Uh, and talking to some of them about touring without like GPS is insane. I can't even imagine what that must have been. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I freak out when, like, I don't have service and I can't find, like, a Starbucks near a venue. And yeah. they're just trying to, like, guide on, like, an atlas in their van <laughs> to the next show. I remember talking to um, Hawthorne Heights. Uh, J- the, I talked to J.T. Woodruff on the show, and I remember, I remember him telling me that in an episode when I talked to them – that because I mean their record got big in like I think like two thousand between like two thousand four two thousand six was when like the height of those records. Um, if only you were lonely, silence in black and white. And he said that what we would have to do is we would have to drive by looking at a map, get down there, and then have to charge um, Casey's T-Mobile sidekick because he was the only one who had a phone, and that's how we did it. But everything else, like there was no GPS, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's just I can't even like, and that was only a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that long ago at all. So quickly. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Also, I I did listen to that episode. I was new a couple of your podcasts. Us even coordinating this, I like I'm a podcast freak, but uh, oh, awesome. yeah, I listened yeah. to that one specifically because uh, JT. I work from Ohio. JT literally probably lives like less than a mile, a mile and a half from me. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, hearing like I've heard stories from Hawthorne Heights too about stuff like that and I don't know it's cool to like hear stories but I would never want to have to do that yeah oh my god I just I it's that's just sounds like like we're we're a very we're, we're a rather spoiled generation right now but for good reason <laughs> just yeah because, just because and then like, like I think like 10 years from now there's gonna be people saying like I can't believe you had to wait 15 seconds for this app to load on your phone, like, I don't know. I don't even want to think about what's in the future and what we think is great now is going to be like. They're, they're just going to be, they're just, yeah. They're just, they're just going to beam the directions into our brain. Yeah, exactly. We're going to know everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys record the track um, for the EP. You guys kind of start getting everything ready to go you start sending tracks back and forth um what kind of what happens from there in terms of about like about about how long did it take the whole thing to get completed and be ready to go for the the version that people are going to hear on june 3rd um the we actually had to do two sessions uh with at the studio so we did like three songs and two songs or two songs and three songs which doesn't seem like a lot i mean i know it's just like an ep but we kind of like to get everything in a timely manner. We had a tour uh, in the fall, so we had to kind of go in there right before the tour, and then I think like three days after the tour, we were back in the studio finishing everything. Um, And then I want to say we got uh, final mixes and everything back from Machine uh, around Christmas. Uh, And then from there, it was like all the fun, like music videos and kind of all the prep on that end because we're like uh we like to have everything like um done before we kind of like get the get the ball rolling with like announcing the ep and everything which i'm excited about because we like love doing music videos and stuff like that i know a lot of bands are like weird and kind of just want to like show up get it done and then expect something cool but we take a little pride and kind of doing music video stuff we like that oh Oh, no for sure no music videos are, are like I, I still like when I talk to because I I occasionally do pr- do press for some bands I I kind of try to uh, um like emphasize no one one good music video can be really cool and it can help because it's a visual aspect that's bringing the song to life in a new way like if you think about like My Chemical Romance they put out the Black Parade that was really cool and then they put out the video and people were just like what the fuck is this oh my god what is the like and it it changes it up. Yeah, MyChem is, like, I think a band visually that that should be more... I mean, I know they are regarded as, like, 
being my couple romance like the biggest thing ever. But like I really like my couple romance for the visual aspect from album to album. Like I don't know, they're they're to me like one of the bands that really cares about like kind of everything encompassing the band, um, aside from just the music, like the visual aspect and kind of the stories and um how the songs are portrayed visually. I don't know. I'm like super into that stuff, so No, I'm I'm super into that stuff too. Um I meant to ask you, because um, you were saying uh, you listen to podcasts. What are the podcasts you listen to? It's it's hard to find podcast listeners, so I'm always interested and oh, curious yeah. to hear what people listen to. <laughs> cool. I think I think like podcasting is kind of one of those things right now that like if you meet someone else that's like in the podcast, you're like instantly friends, and it's like oh, yeah. it's almost like <laughs> meeting someone that has like this favorite band that is your favorite band, so oh, everyone's yeah. instantly connected. Um, I. Well, quick backstory on how I got into podcasting. I've always, like, loved interviews and things like that, especially with, like, I'm really into, like, stand-up comedy and, uh, like, acting and entertainment and kind of that just here. entertainment bullshit, yeah. Uh, and so uh, we're obviously in the van for long periods of time, and it gets boring, whatever. Uh, so before I really knew what podcasting was, I would go on YouTube and type in like an actor or a comedian or a musician that I wanted to, uh, like hear an interview with. And I would filter it by longer than 20 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got from there, uh, found, uh, Kevin Pollack's chat show, which oh, is yeah. a podcast and, uh, like a YouTube series uh and then i was like oh there's, there's this thing called a podcast i'll check it out uh and uh then obviously from there kind of spiraled into like nerdist and then uh i'm really into you made it weird with pete holmes uh Love pete holmes. And some of them oh yeah pete holmes is yeah great. it's like it's honestly probably like i don't know for people that like long podcasts and just kind of like that like fly on the wall like in the room just like laughing and like but also being serious it's like the best podcast and he's yeah. like had so many different kind of people on there from comedians to um musicians and i don't know it's great what i love about podcasts so nerd nerdist is my absolute favorite podcast and what i love about that is like you're scrolling through the like the kind of interviews they do and then they bring in these people that like they bring in the they bring in celebrities and stuff like that but then you'll see like Alex Trebek from Jeopardy and you're sitting there and you're like you know what I've never heard an interview with him that would be really interesting and then you sit and you're just like oh my god that's insane you forget like holy shit these people also have other lives and they're not just the person you see on TV for for 20-30 minutes every day and um, no Nerdist was the spiral for me and then I learned like Kevin Pollock's chat show WTF with Mark Maron Pete Holmes all that stuff so yes that's awesome I think I think like it's really cool because there's like especially with uh the more like celebrity and big name people when they're on like the Jimmy Fallon's and Jimmy Kimmel's and stuff like that there's like kind of a sense of them needing to be like like on if you will or like, oh yeah they kind of have something to promote or whatever and with podcasting it's like oh these are like real people and like especially with with people like Chris Hardwick and Kevin Pollock and Pete Holmes like them kind of being in in the industry more um it's kind of cool to hear them like it's like inside baseball kind of where they're talking about like complaining about like uh, a movie they didn't get or something like that like it's kind of cool to hear like real life stories from those people i don't know it's the same thing when like on the band on the band level uh like i i think that that's why shane from silverstein's podcast is so good Right oh, now, yeah. I know it's still super new, but it's because he's like, he's Shane from Silverstein, and he like completely gets where all these band people are coming from. So there's no need to like explain anything to the listener, quote unquote, or whatever. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah that that one's fantastic too. Like he did one, um, like there was. I mean, I'm always trying to reach out to guests and uh, different people, and even like the bands where I'm like, I know I'm not gonna get this, but. I could try. And so like I reached yeah, out not? to yeah. yeah, it's like it's like why not? Because if they say yes, you're like, Oh shit, that's awesome. Um but so I'd reached out to Under Oath's team and they were like, No, they're not doing any press and then the one bit of press that they did, other than like an AP interview, was they did 
Shane's podcast and I was like, you know what? That is awesome because I would have never been able to have done an episode like he did. That would have been like, I could have interviewed him and I could have been like, yeah, I grew up listening to you guys or whatever, but Shane like toured with them. Like that, that was like, that was a great way to talk about, um, their career and coming back because he probably understands those, like the fears and all of that more so than probably anybody else that would do something like that. So for sure. And on like a, on like another level, it's cool. Cause I think silver scene is such like a, there's still such a relevant band, um, in 2016, but also have been like doing it for so long. Like silver scenes that are just a really interesting band for that because they, to me, like there are bands that, that they toured with in the early 2000s that now would be considered like nostalgia acts or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't think Silverstein's that way. And I think that he can relate to, to so many wide variety, so many wide variety of bands because um, they've just been like consistently relevant for so long. Um, so he doesn't have to be like, oh, in my day we did, we did this way because they're yeah. doing it right now. <laughs> but in the same in the same token, like, he has been doing it for so long, and he's, like, he probably, like, Shane probably did tour with, I mean, I know he did tour without GPS, like, I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, no, and what's really cool about that band is, like, like you were saying, they're not a nostalgia act, like, they could come and do a 10-year tour for an album, but people are still, those same people are still gonna go and pack the house the next time they come out with a new record, like, every time I see that band come out with a new record, people are just, like, Oh shit! Silverstein's got something new. We gotta go. Like it's just it's and the the reaction's insane. Um, I think the last I think the last one they put out got like five star reviews or something like that. I may be wrong on that, but um, it was it's it's not something that would surprise me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but so where was I? I was looking at something because I was gonna ask you another question about this so one of the things that i'd oh i found it so one of the things that i'd read um when you guys um uh started announcing shows and things like that you're playing um in june as support for conditions how did those shows come about because conditions is a fucking great band Conditions <laughs> of like the the best kept secret in like our scene because, oh yeah like they are literally such a good band like one of my favorite bands before we ever met them or toured with them, I loved their band and like they've done like monster tours. Like they toured with Paramore and Newfound Glory in Europe. They've done like they did the All Stars tour or not the All Stars, the uh, the AP tour uh, when Black Star Brides headlined. They toured with yep. the Sirens a million times. Like and they write such good songs. Uh, and uh, we um, got the chance to tour with them on their last their last tour uh, in like December of 2013 uh, with it was us and them and a band called lions lions. And uh, it was just like two weeks of like winter, actually awful, like touring in the snow uh, <laughs> shows, but they were great shows and uh, it was really cool to get the opportunity to tour with them. And then from there uh, me and their guitar player, Alex, who now plays guitar for Sleeping with Sirens, have just been friends or whatever. And I think, like, these, I know it's only three shows, but these three shows are probably, like, the easiest we've ever gotten, like, a quote-unquote tour or whatever you want to call it because it's only three shows. But, like, he, like, I think literally texted me on a Thursday saying, hey, what are you guys doing in June? I said, uh, our EP's coming out. You know this. Uh, why? <laughs> and he said, Conditions is doing... Uh, three reunion shows, do you guys want to be support? Uh, and I said, yes. And he said, cool, send me your logo. And then I think like three days later, it was announced. Uh, and that's it. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Cause we don't, we don't have a, like right now we don't have a booking agent and we have, have in the past. So if, if any other time we would have like go through other people, but it's like conditions, just a cool band. And obviously they don't have an agent cause they're not a band anymore. And we don't have anyone. So it's just like, it was like when you're growing up and your friends and wants you to play their their shows, they just text and whatever. It was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, I'm super that's, excited for those shows. That's super rad because I think that you guys are also a very good fit for that because while you do have kind of a like a uh, like a Mayday Parade esque sound and they're a little bit more. I, I usually whenever like I try to 
describe a band's sound, I'll usually use another band that I can think of as like a, they're kind of like Mayday Parade E or something like that, or like or Weezer E or whatever it may be. But it's like you guys have that sound, and then Conditions has that kind of more thrice-like sound. If that's like that's that's the best way that I can reference them because then they just go and do a, like a a weird like I can't even describe it, but. Um, I think that's a perfect fit, and I think those are going to be great shows, particularly with you guys playing um, the EP that you guys... I mean, are you guys going to... Is your, Do you think you guys are going to do a set list that's um, going to be the whole thing, or is it just going to be... I think, I mean, I think that... Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure we decided at our last rehearsal uh, last week that we are just kind of figuring out a set list, and with the new stuff coming forward... Uh, since it's only an EP, like, I mean, those are just, like, five songs we like and recorded and are putting them out, so it's, like, kind of no reason for us to not put all five songs in our set if we if we can fit them. So hopefully, like, we'll be able to put those and then just a couple older ones and call half-hour set or 25 minutes or whatever it needs to be. But, yeah, hopefully. I mean, we're super excited about the new songs. Um, I mean, obviously, we've only put out one right now, but there's four others, uh, and... Like, I think since we wrote them, we've been excited to play each one of them live. There hasn't been, you know, like, I feel like bands sometimes will just write songs to, well, that's a track on the album and we probably won't ever play that one. And I know uh, specifically Under Us was talking about, like, their songs they're playing on this tour that they'd never played before. And that's such a weird thing for me. Like, when we write songs, I, like, am kind of envisioning it live because you write a song, like, why wouldn't you play it live? But obviously with a full length and things like that. That's not possible, but whatever. That was a ramble anyway. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I went to that tour when they came, when they came through San Francisco in March and it was, it was very interesting to watch that show. I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome like trip just to watch them, but they were saying like, we haven't played this. We haven't ever played this song. And then they would play something like moving for the sake of motion. And you're like, you never played that? Well, I, how did I never know yeah, that? That's, exactly. so, that's so crazy. Um, it was it was it was one of those songs. <laughs> yeah, as a fan, you like know all the songs, and like there are, I'm sure everyone has like just favorites from an album. Especially growing up, like when those albums came out, um, I feel like singles weren't like as much of a thing as they are now in like the alternative music scene. It was just like you just get an album and you listen to it all the way through a bunch of times and then you just pick your favorites. Like, yep. I know it wasn't like, and I mean, a lot of times those songs just would be the singles just because they were the ones that everyone kind of unanimously decided these are the best songs. Um, but uh, I don't know, it was just, it was an interesting time then because you just kind of listen through a CD as, as many times as you can and then pick out favorites. And if they don't play that one live, it just kind of like sucks. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was very, um, I don't know, it was always very interesting to watch bands like that when they would pick out the songs that they would put on the set. Like, I know for a fact that, and then and then what would be even more interesting is that sometimes they would do a one-off track for a movie or for another project or whatever it is, but then they would, and you're like, they're never going to play that no matter how much you love it. Like, New Found Glory put out a song, and it was on this obscure Nickelodeon movie, and it was only released on that. It was made specifically for that film, and they've—I think they've played it once. And I'm just like, you're never gonna play it if you ever come through San Francisco ever. <laughs> I forgot you were from San Francisco, by the way. I meant to oh, ask yeah. you about that because uh, we're friends with that band, I the Mighty. That's from. I—I uh... I love I the Mighty. I love those guys. Um, uh, they're killing I... it right now. Let's go, he tours. That's oh, all they're... God, they're doing so good. No, they toured. Um, God, I remember seeing them the first times I would ever see them. We had this little venue in Cupertino called The Refuge, and it was kind of, it was about, it's about a probably 35 to 45 minute drive from San Francisco, um, if I'm correct on that. But it was basically with our local scene, it was this church room um, in the back of, um, so there was a church and then there was this other building right next to it that was like the, it was like the cafeteria or whatever you want to call it. And so that would be vacant. And so, um, the guy who was running all the shows at the time got a deal with the guy who was very nice and he wasn't like, um, he was, he wasn't very like, um, 
very righteous or anything like that. He was just very, uh, he was the building owner. And he said, yeah, just use it. Just be out of here by this time. You guys are good. And so I, the mighty would come and play shows and there would be like 10 people. And then they got signed to equal vision. And then I would see the crowds get bigger and bigger and the venues. Like I just saw them play with Coheed and Cambria and I was like, Holy shit. That's so cool. Um, yeah, our, uh, our first, I think their our first time on the West coast, uh, we did a tour with them in 2012, and that was our first full U.S. tour. So it was our first time on the West Coast, and then it was, I think, their first time on the East Coast altogether. So, and that was also the first time we played in San Francisco. Oh, that's awesome! Where'd you guys play? Yeah, uh, it was uh, the Rock Yourself to Sleep tour with Dance Gavin Dance and a lot like Birds and Hail the Sun and I the Mighty and us, and we played the Fillmore. And oh shit, I remember that tour. Yeah, because I ended up seeing that tour. Um, in Santa Cruz, I couldn't go to the San Francisco one, but I remember going to, yeah, I remember going to San, to Santa Cruz for the very last date of that tour. Cause it was, um, yeah. Cause Hail the Sun was on that. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a crazy so- tour. Cause it was like us, Hail the Sun and I, the Mighty's like first tours. Yeah. yeah. That, that was first, like real big, bigger tours. So yeah, that wasn't. I remember that. That was an insane tour, um, which was a lot of fun. And particularly when you have. I mean, Dance Gavin and A Lot Like Birds, who are both... Oh, yeah, it was great. They, they're from the same vein, but at the same time, they each, they've each they each found their identity of who they are, and they're, I mean, they're both batshit crazy when you watch them play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I, I remember, because that was obviously our first time playing with A Lot Like Birds, and seeing Mikey, their guitar player, just, like, hanging on things, and oh, yeah. I think... Uh, I think in Pittsburgh on that tour, he there was like a balcony uh, that was closed off in the venue, and at like the end of their set, he handed uh, his guitar to just someone else and climbed up on the speaker, then jumped from the speaker to the balcony, and just kind of took his shirt off and was like dancing <laughs> like <laughs> in this little balcony area. Oh, it was God. great. I mean, I love that band so much. That's insane. Um. So. When did I mean? When did you first meet I the Mighty? Like, um, I mean, at which part? Like, I guess, kind of, who came to the East Coast or the West Coast first? Uh, we drove out to the West Coast, and we were okay. actually the only band on that tour that wasn't from California. So it was like we were like a weird like Midwest. Interesting. And it was interesting, yeah, because we like I I don't know if Hale, the Hail Sun guys and I the Mighty knew each other. I can only assume that they did. Um, but I know that Hail the Sun and a lot like birds knew each other, a lot like birds and Dance Gamma Dance knew each other, and a lot like birds and I the Mighty knew each other before that. So we were just like this kind of like, it was not only like our first first time on the West Coast, first like real tour, um, we were just like, I don't know, the outsiders kind of trying to come in, like, like the new kids at school, kind of like make friends. So uh, it was a fun tour. For sure, no that I, that definitely that that definitely seemed like it would have been a fun one. Um, well, we're getting to about the the thirty forty minute point. This has been so much fun, and I, I'm really glad to be able to talk with someone that under like that gets the the podcast format, which is really sometimes it's a little bit hard to um, explain that to some of the other musicians. They're like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. So um, and but. Um, well, you might get a kick out of this. I had um, the first time I ever really got. Um, no, it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the times when I got like a podcast type conversation like this. Was I had Greg Proops, the comedian, on the show? I listened um, to that one. I was super pumped. After <laughs> <Sorry>, I like <laughs> know awesome. your podcast, but yeah, I saw that you had Greg Proops on, and I'm uh, like, I grew up watching Two Lines anyway. Oh man, and I. I was oh that I was so elated he was and he was super nice and then I went to go see his podcast tape the next day because um, he taped here in or he taped in San Jose at the Improv but oh my god I was like like he came up and he was like so what's your podcast about and I'm like oh thank God I don't have to like explain like okay we're just gonna be sitting and we're just gonna be talking for a little bit <laughs> yeah like I I feel like it, it's such a cool interview format um, because one like you don't have to deal with any of like the bullshit questions of like, how did how'd your band get your name or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and which is like, I mean, those, I, I realize that those interviews are like a must and whatever, but uh, you answer 
that question three or four times in a week, it's like not the most exciting. And I feel like podcasts are cool because it's, it is just like a fly on the wall conversation. And it's just, I don't know, we, we already covered the why podcasts are awesome part of yeah. this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Greg Proust one was great. And I'm sorry for like cutting off and t- saying that I listened to that, but I was like totally excited when I saw that. Oh, dude, no, that's, that's, thank you. Thank you for listening. That's that's so rad. That's awesome to hear. I'm I'm glad that someone. Um, I'm glad to hear someone enjoyed it. That's awesome. I'm working on a few other comedians, so we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens um, over the next um, over the next few months. But um, um, no. Oh, the one thing I was gonna say about Eye of the Mighty that I forgot to say was they were actually the first guest I had on the podcast. The first one I ever had. Um, yeah. Because I'd known them for a few years. Um, like we aren't like best friends or anything like that. But every time I see them at a show, we're like, oh shit, hey, what's up? And we, um, like, I saw Ian at um, uh, uh, Say Anything show, and I was like, hey, checking checking out your label mates. And so we were talking for a, uh, a minute or so, um, but stuff like that and. Um, they were the first guests that I'd ever had, but I had, um, cause I know their manager, Daniel, and I knew him for years just from like local bands in the scene, um, that he'd been in and stuff like that. And then he went and became the manager and then we all kind of just started talking from there. And I said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to have your band come on? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, I even then I'm just like, you don't understand how grateful I am for the fact that we were able to do that. So, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It's like, is it? Can I ask a couple questions? I don't know how much time we have. Left. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got as much time as you want. Yeah. Do you uh, like? Is it all just like reaching out and like kind of just hoping that you get back, like people get back to you, um, or is is there is there like a specific protocol on asking for like an interview, especially when it comes to like someone like Greg Proops or someone bigger like that? Do you have to go through like publicists and? Yeah, so it's it's very it's well it's very interesting. So it it's a very interesting situation with that. So it's like generally these bands and even like some of the comedians they're they're used to doing. Uh, like the video interviews, the the like the the talk shows and things like that. So when you pitch someone, like for a while, it would just be like, "I'm trying to do this thing. This is a podcast," and it was it would it was this long pitch, and I was like, "All right, I can't do this. I have to like condense it down." So I finally just got like a small elevator pitch down, and I'll pitch publicists and stuff like that. But like I pitched Greg's publicist, and then. He wrote me back, and I was like, "Whoa, that never so happens." Cool. So, like, so, like, so stuff like, like stuff like that may happen, and they're like, because they get the scene, they understand, like, yeah, okay, it's a podcast, I get that, that's cool. And then some, yeah, podcasting like, is such a thing in the comedy community. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then like, but I mean, there's some like even the bigger comedians. I've reached out. I've reached out to some of them, and it's not that they won't do it. Like there's some that have just said, "Hey, we're unfortunately we're unavailable." Nobody's ever been blatantly rude. They're just like, "Unfortunately, we can't do this, or we're not available." And it's totally fine. Um, but like, there's some that have said like, "Yeah, we would love to do this, but our schedule's just really crazy right now. We just can't commit to it." So. I definitely keep pushing for Chris Hardwick. I've probably pissed off their publicity company so much, but I've, I've, I've tried pushing for him just kind of anytime he's come through the Bay Area. But at the same time, yeah, he's like one of the busiest human beings on the face of the planet. So that one is more like um, if you either if I get lucky or if I work and do, the podcast gets big enough and it's like we meet one day or something like that and we become acquaintances and I'm like hey I do this thing and so it's yeah. kind of like it's also about reaching out and just talking to people even if it's like a hey how are you because they'll remember you the next time and yeah um, totally. yeah it's 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 hard it's definitely a little bit harder and I'm kind of like there was a point where I was like oh do I want to keep going with this and then I got an interview with Frank Iero of My Chemical Romance and I was like yeah I was like yeah that was worth it <laughs> to keep going through it um, yeah, I think like the podcasting is especially on your end. Like, it is like w- once you get that one big guest or whatever, then other publicists or whoever are like 
oh, yeah, this is, like, a legitimate thing and whatever. Yeah. Like, so, like, I'm sure the fact that Greg Proops has done done this is going to only help with any other comedians or anyone in that war- realm. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's a super nice guy. Like, I mean, I bought his book beforehand and I like and I'll do research and I'll do my research. Like I listen to your of course, your guys' music and the single. And I I have like I have like, yeah, of course. And I have like talking points and stuff like that. But um, and maybe a couple questions, but I try to run it very much like just like you and I are doing right now where we're just talking and doing that. Yeah, um, that's it. I have to do it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's but so like for the Greg Proops interview, I read his book beforehand and then I was like, okay, I think I have a couple questions and then I just started with one and it just spiraled into yeah, all, all these other from there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like uh talked about like with Citizen Kane and and then like the there was the the horse that was walking through the crowded area where we were sitting and just t- like talking about his travels and stuff like that. Um, I still think it's so hilarious that he's like, yeah, my wife and I, we were accidentally in a Moroccan wedding. How are you accidentally in a Moroccan wedding? Exactly. Well, How's well, that effect? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> and we just kind of talked about that. So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting format and it's still something that's still very new as opposed to YouTube interviews that people are used to with, um, things like that. But I think it's, I think it's pushing for it is a medium that I... Um, I think is very much worth it because it's it's like with something like a talk show, like the Tonight Show or something. An artist will go on, and even if it is somebody like uh, Jimmy Fallon, who's very good at just kind of doing improv stuff, they are they're still the pre-interview, and they get they get like five minutes. Um, yeah, you can't really be on, or I mean, you can be on, but you can't, you can't really know your subject within five minutes. Um, with, yeah. Totally. Like, like once it goes past like the 10 minute mark, you're kind of like, okay, I see where this is going. And then you can kind of go from there. And I think like once you get into like the like half hour, hour range of a podcast, that's when like, I feel like people start to be like real, like even oh, the, yeah. and like the, the nerdist uh, interviews and podcasts, I think you can tell when someone's not used to that format, like going in. Cause the first 10 minutes are kind of like, like, then getting comfortable and like realizing that this is just a conversation and you're just talking and bullshitting around. And yeah. then, then once it like, once they get into it, then it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot that we're recording. And I forgot that we're like, this is a thing that people are going to hear, which I, I love because I love that like kind of like real aspect of entertainers, comedians and musicians and all that stuff. So, Oh Yeah. Like he'll just like they'll just ask somebody a question about something, and then um, that'll turn into like a twenty minute conversation. They'll be like, "Are we recording?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we've been going." He's like, "Oh, you sneaky! Oh, that's really cool though." And then they and then they're just like, "Oh, I'm not pissed. This is cool. We're just we're just chatting." And then like natural questions will come up, and I like I like the way that they would go about certain topics like they there was an episode of nerdist i don't know if you listened to it with um michael c hall um from dexter i have a one though yeah so it's a it's a bit of an um it's a bit of an older one but it's like right before the last season goes up and he's talking about the show and what they're doing and there was a topic about um because michael c hall had cancer um during season five of dexter and i didn't know that um, yeah nobody knew that because he wore a wig um, absolutely nobody like they, he had a special wig tailored for him while he was going through chemo um, and did all of season five and um, uh, yeah it was and it was really like crazy to hear about that but so they're just kind of chatting and having a natural conversation and then he says you did um, I noticed that you had gone through cancer he said would you be willing to talk about that just after like about 45 minutes in after they've warmed up and he's like yeah, of course. And so then he does the story, and it's very the tone shifted very nicely. Interviews have always fascinated me too, like the way that people do them. And I'm like, I'll watch something, and I'll be like, oh, that that question could have been asked, or that could have gone there. Like it's it's an it's an art form that's very interesting. Yeah, it really so, is. Yeah, I think it's um, so like uh, like I think that's why Chris is such a good interviewer uh if that's the correct term because like he i mean in a long form thing like that where it's where it's an hour sometimes an hour and a half longer uh you kind of have to like 
walk that tightrope of subjects uh and uh there I know that there's been like some like serious topics that have been discussed on there that it's like oh wow this is like this is getting like intense and yeah. you kind of have to like either pull out of that or kind of like dive headfirst into it and when you dive headfirst into it that's like I mean I'm sure a lot of these people are people that he's meeting for the first time but in that like I don't know like can you imagine like like no mics or anything like that like meeting someone for the first time and maybe having like a vague uh idea of what to do or especially in that world like I'm sure you've seen movies but like all right this is the first time we're meeting and we're going to talk for an hour and a half about your life like yeah I don't know it's crazy no it's it's crazy and it's something that I definitely I definitely aspire to and it and it always makes me happy when I can do an interview like this where we're talking and it's kind of like cool this is exactly how I envisioned what I want to do so and and for that I thank you I think that's awesome I'm very glad we um were able to chat and we we're kind of able, able to bond over something like that I think that's yeah awesome. totally meet a fellow podcast nerd um but so um I guess to to close this out because we're actually almost at an hour now which is awesome oh god okay. um, um no I think I, I'm I'm stoked on this um the I give this preface because these are I guess broader questions, but these are two questions, and I ask them to every artist that I interview as a way to close out um, whatever music interview I'm um, currently doing. But the first uh, question that I have is, what kind of message, if you guys have one, would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music? Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. Here's the thing. I know the second one of the two that you're going to ask me. Oh, oh, that's right, because you listen to it. (laughs) And I'm like, I've been like freaking out about what to say, because I feel like everyone else has had such good answers. Um, But as far as like a message with our music, um, oh gosh, that's so tough. Uh, I don't know. I know like at shows, we, like our live show is something we kind of take pride in and, um, I don't know, just like talking, I don't know, there's like, especially at shows, because we've seen it with other bands, and I've gone to see bands, or whatever, and like, um, we want everyone to know that, like, I don't know, we just like, like to meet people, and like to talk to people, and like, um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without sounding like douchey, because I know that we're not a big fan but uh, I think it's that totally sometimes, ju- sometimes just because someone is writing music and um, like playing on stage at a show, whether there's five people or five thousand people there, like they, there's this kind of like, oh, I can't go up and talk to them or whatever um, mindset that comes in. But this is just like this. We're like four guys, and this is something that we like are proud of. We work hard at, um, and we're like trying to make happen or whatever. And like everyone I feel like has their like passions and dreams. This is like, just happens to be ours and you just happen to be at our show. Like, I don't know. Um, so like, that's why, I don't know. It's like really tough to put in words right now, but just basically like everyone kind of has their passions and stuff like that. And music just happens to be ours. So it's like, it's cool that people are listening to our band and especially with this new song, it's been like incredible. The response, that we've gotten from it. Um, but at the same time, we're just like people trying to like make music our life. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's such a bad answer. <laughs> no, no, no. You're totally fine. That's, I completely know what you're saying. I completely know what you're saying. Like, like, it's like, uh, I feel like you, like you and I specifically, like, I mean, someone else might freak out when, they met like a band or whatever, um, but we like have met so many bands and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like I get what you do. But I'm sure if either of us met Chris or Hardwick or someone like in the po- podcasting world, like it'd be like it'd be a totally different thing. You'd just be like, huh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like I uh, I had a there's a podcast I listen to called uh, the Burt Cast with Burt Kreischer, he's just like a stand-up comedian, whatever, uh, and he came through Dayton and. Uh, uh, my girlfriend got me tickets to see him for uh, my birthday, and I was, like, freaking out. And there was, like, he's not, like, the biggest dance. I mean, he's, like, extremely successful, uh, but, like, 
in he's like in in Dayton. There's probably I mean it's still that show, but still there's like maybe 25 other people in line to meet him. And like I was like, she was like I'm like calm me down to like meet him <laughs> or whatever. And like which is it's just such an interesting thing that uh, different people like have different uh, like levels of I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is, but like. Um, I don't know. I kind of just rambled there. Well, <laughs> I don't no, know I, I, That was the I coffee think, talking. No, no worries. I, I think I know what you mean. It's like, uh, it's kind of one of those things, like, everybody has kind of that different thing. Like, and even if they love, even if they love music, even if they love, like, I, I would still, like, I would be kind of like, I, I think I'm at a point where even though I was like, oh, if I met Chris, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, even then in my head, I'd just be like, hi, really nice to meet you. And I think I'd be able to, like, clearly say what it is but at the same time I'd get a huge kick out of meeting somebody like that or Mark Marin or whoever it is just because it's like holy shit I love what you do that's awesome and you could love a band and you could be you could go and you can see all these people who are like if I went up and met the Mice and Men guys it's like I love their music but at the same time it's kind of like I've seen them so many times I'd be like hey good show that was a lot of fun and talk to them and stuff like that and then, and that also comes with the age and maturity, of course. Like with with we've met all of us. You, I mean, you and I have met so many artists and things like that, and we've done this, and you've toured, and you've done all that stuff. So it's kind of like the. It's almost like like people will get even more excited for something that's not within their scene. So like you getting more excited about stand up when you're a musician that's that's totally that makes perfect sense because it's like not somebody because you're accustomed to seeing all of the the celebrities kind of go and you're like okay yeah i see ya all right there's the whatever warp tour artist or who whoever's the like whoever made the be the big warp tour artist. and so you're like okay nice to meet you but then you see like a pete holmes and you're like oh my god i love you you have no idea like, yeah, totally. you're not in our scene, and you, yeah, so I totally know what you mean. Um, I'm the exact same way. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, going back to, I guess, the root of the question of, like, what uh, we'd like people to take away, like, mostly just that, like, everyone has their, like, passions, and this kind of just happens to be ours, so it's cool that people are listening to our music, but, like, like I don't know. I, again, I'm trying to like really like kind of nail it down into like a sentence or two, but uh, like an example, I guess, other than like a straight answer would be like, I don't know, we've had like people like freak out when we respond to them on Twitter or something like that or on Tumblr <laughs> or whatever, but it's like, yeah, like wouldn't we respond to you? You like, you said something to us and like we're like four guys, most likely stuck in a van for like four or five hours all on our phones anyway, so like wait you got you you guys are human you're you're, you're yeah people? exactly that's, that's oh my god thing. yeah why like, did nobody tell me this yeah. <laughs> granted like we're not the biggest fan so i'm sure like the the like the gigantic musicians that are just getting flooded flooded every day it, it becomes overwhelming and really difficult to uh like respond on twitter or whatever but i don't know we like we're gonna try our best like if we miss someone if we happen to become super successful and like i would hope that our twitters like eventually get flooded or whatever and that's like a, a problem that we have of responding to everyone but as of right now it's like yeah why wouldn't we respond to you like why wouldn't we remember you coming to another show like we talked last time we were here why wouldn't i remember you now I don't yeah know. for sure um no i mean that, that was greatly said i mean so there's i mean since you since you listen to this show i mean there's a reason I asked these questions and the next one as well. It's because they're questions where you're like, oh, okay, that's it. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. And it creates such a, a more natural answer rather than having something where you send it to a publicity team or to a manager and be like, okay, here's the question we're going to ask. Uh, make sure that they think of an answer. It's like I, I want something that's like because music is such a powerful um, I mean, saying it's such a powerful thing is, I think it's not even the best way to describe it, but it's one of those things where I, I want, I want things to be na as natural as possible. So I thought that was, I thought what you said was great because I totally get where you're coming from. Okay. Cool. Um, Thank you. And, and of course, of course. And so since you know the last question, which is, I guess, kind of the almost famous question, what does music mean to you? 
Uh, it's a good reference, by the way. I love Almost Famous. Thank you very much. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> I don't know. I guess what is music to me? Uh, it is an interesting question because it has been a part of my life for so long that it is like you never think about that. It is between just on one on one side of my life, just loving music and being a fan of it, and like I don't know, as as early as I can remember, like being a kid in like a car seat like listening to my parents or being in the car with my parents so listening to like Steve Miller band and the Allman brothers and things like that um to like going I remember like gosh I'm trying to think of specific memories like the first time I heard like Blink 182 uh and like when you know that kind of takes over life actually the first time I heard Blink 182 was in uh third grade Second, no, actually, probably second or third grade, I went over to my friend Nick Miller's house, and his sister was watching MTV, which I don't think I was allowed to watch at that point. But the uh, <laughs> all the all the small things video was on, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And then from there, like that's I don't know, it was just like an, a long time ago. And then listening to like uh, like the first Jack's Mannequin record when I was going on my family's vacation, yeah, and like like kind of like. That kind of car ride, like headphones in, looking out the window, kind of like, I don't know, the music just like having, like so perfectly like scoring the the setting you're in at that point um, is like such an interesting thing, um, especially when you're a kid and you're just kind of like trying to like escape from everything. Um, but then on the other side of my life where it is like what I do um like I'm sitting in my room right now and there's three guitars around me and like any number of CDs and records around me as well. Like, I don't know it's like very, very like really my life and between touring and writing music and recording and playing shows and down to like the like kind of bullshit stuff of, I mean, it's not bullshit into that, but like the, worrying about t-shirt designs and uh, figuring out music videos and like little social media stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, it is like everything. Um, And it's weird sometimes that that's why I think musicians uh, like when you tour and meet other people, you connect so well with them because other people get that. And it's kind of hard for me to think about like someone that music isn't everything in their life. Like, um, I think that's why us as, like, quote-unquote, like, alternative kids or, like, kids that grew up going to Warped Tour, like, music is, like, everything to us. And it, even if you're not a musician, it's still, like, you probably still, like, picked up a guitar at one point, and even if you didn't, like, make it your career or whatever, you still went to local shows, and you still probably went to Warped Tour, and you probably listened to Blink-182 or Green Day or someone like that, like when you were a kid. Uh, and I think that's why, like, this, like, alternative scene is such, like, a tight group and you can talk to so many different people for so long because chances are, like, at one point you were the, the like, outcast kid listening to weird Mike and McGromance music or something like that. And yeah. especially, like, growing up in Ohio, uh, like, I grew up in, like, a super small town with, like, I graduated, like, 68 kids and I was, like the one kid listening to like Taking Back Sunday and like My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy and things like that and kind of probably getting made fun of. Uh, and it's interesting, like growing up, like you you start out, especially with music, you start out being like the outcast and then I feel like you grow up into recognizing that there's a community of other like outcasts and we all kind of like band together as like adults Absolutely. So I don't know. That's like that's like a really cool thing about music to me is because it connects so many people, uh, and without knowing it, like the amount of conversations I've had, like I'm sure you're the same way. Of like, you're probably the only like person listening to your kind of music at some point in your life, like, and then you grow <laughs> up and you realize there was like millions of other people, like literal like millions of people, like thinking that they're the only person listening to that band or whatever. Oh yeah. And they were the outcast at that point, and now we're all friends and we all realize that, oh yeah, I wasn't the only one like going through stuff as a kid. 
So I don't know. That's a long answer, but no, that uh, dude, that that was perfect. That was a perfect way to close this out. And we are at we're fully at an hour, which is awesome. And it's, I'm so sorry. I, no, dude, that's I've wanted to get a podcast to go to an hour. That's like I've tried so hard to make one go that long. No, this is I'm so fucking stoked on this. This is perfect. Because, okay, sweet. I mean, no, like. No, like we were talking about, like when we were talking about, like how we like long form interviews and stuff like that. This is totally what I've wanted to go for. So this is, oh, this is awesome. So I will get this posted up as soon as I possibly can. It'll definitely be up um, before uh, the EP comes out, and we'll push, we'll push the shit out of that for everybody to go. And- Sweet, and I'll, I'll send you after we're off here. I'll send you like the rest of the EP so you can check out that too. Oh, awesome! Thank you so much. I don't know if you only um, hear one song, but yeah. Oh, I, I would love to hear the songs. I, I loved the, the first track, so I would love to hear what you guys got going on. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, always a pleasure to meet another fellow podcast nerd, and um, I can't wait to get this up for everybody to hear. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jared. No worries. Take care, man. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.